Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan. Welcome once again to Parma Eyes Sports Podcast, The Iron Ball. This is your host, Elaine Ingram. In this week's episode, I spoke to Arma GAA and Shane O'Neill's superstar, Amy Mackin, on her return from a cruciate injury. She signaled her return with an amazing eight goals against Cross McGlenn a couple of weeks ago and is ready to take on Arma Harps with her club in the semi-final this week. I also spoke to Windmill Star's new manager, Ramey Fitzpatrick, ahead of the Middlestar League, which got underway at the weekend. But first, let's hear from Amy. Well, Amy, the last time I spoke to you um, was probably about five or six years ago. I don't know if you remember. It was way up. It was when you came back from the under-19s um, soccer. All right, okay. And you were okay. talking about, um, I think you were with Moya Fien. Right, okay. And you were talking about trying to get off school the next day. That's a long time ago. <laughs> that's a long time ago. But that's what I mean. It seems like you've been around forever. But you're still, you're only 23. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're the biggest star on the Arma ladies football team and in Shane O'Neill's. Um, you're only back from cruciate injury and you scored eight goals in your one of your first games back in the championship there against Cross Midland last week. So tell us tell us about that. I mean, obviously, um, being injured doesn't suit you and being in lockdown doesn't suit you because you came back with a vengeance, to say the least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I suppose lockdown didn't help anyone, but if it was to help someone, it was probably someone who was injured. It sort of gave me the time to ease myself in. There's nothing better than putting your club jersey back on. So um, the special feeling I played my first game the week before in a league game played 20 minutes and then I played 30 minutes in the championship but all the girls I've been training with they've been helping me and in training they've been doing what they needed to do to help me and the manager has been very patient with me so can't thank them enough. So how does it feel to be back? I mean it must be just amazing. I mean obviously sport is, is your life so how, how does it, how does it feel back on the football pitch again? It felt great. It just felt like everything was worthwhile you know everything you've done all the hard work you put in. Um, on your own and behind the scenes that no one sees so it just it just felt great and as I say I can't thank the teammates enough because they're the ones that helped me you know it's not a one road pony there on the pitch so everyone's on it together it's 15 players so they all helped me and you know it must have been really difficult for you because you got this injury during the um, Arma the campaign last year and you know you just you just had a brilliant win against Cork and then you weren't you you it happened to you and then you weren't there for the Mayo game which they lost um how, how does that feel you know being sitting there on the sideline knowing that your team need you and you're not there and you can't do anything about it how does that actually feel um the first wee while when you're not sort of used to that feeling it's hard you're sort of there I mean I lost all my nails from biting them on the nerves um but when you're not used to that feeling uh, it's it's not good and you don't want to get used to it so over the past year I've sort of learned to get used to it and 
calm myself down but yeah it's just it's just hard to watch when you know you you could be playing but that day against Cork when I hurt myself I think that was such a mixed emotions day because we had such a great win that I had obviously a bad injury but at the time I didn't know the extent of it so I was sort of still still on a high from the match but I didn't know what way my knee was but it was such a mixed mixed emotions day but then against Mayo when I knew I was definitely out for it um, it was just hard to take especially I think it was one or two points in it it's a great chance to play in Croke Park in the semi-final but that's the way football is you just have to take it and move on yeah, sometimes they say, and I don't know if this is true or not because I don't play myself, but they say sometimes um, it's better to, losing is, is better than winning in, in a sense of, you know, pushing you on. Um, you know, you learn more from, you learn more from losing than you do from winning. So does that, spur, I mean, you're a little bit older now. Um, does that, like, and I suppose maturity as well, does that make you more ambitious, even more, are the team more ambitious for, for this season? Yeah, definitely. I think that's something that will always stick in your mind. You know, you you take a lot more away from a game that you lose than what you win. You know, when you win a match, you don't think of maybe what you've done wrong because you've won it. But when you lose a match, you really have to think about what you've done wrong and where you can improve. But yeah, like that game against Mayo, probably people didn't give us a chance. And, you know, you're one or two points off getting to an all Ireland semi-final. So that's something we can take in now to the county saying whenever it starts back up hopefully it starts back up um this year but yeah it's something we can take moving forward and i know with the club and um, we lost an intermediate final the year before we actually went on to win it so i know looking back at the time you think it's the worst in the world but looking back probably losing that county final is what helped us the next year to go on and win it and speaking about um the club so you've got a huge game coming up next weekend um how are you feeling about that um you know, against Arma Harps. Yeah, we're excited more than anything. Um, I think between them and Clan Iron and obviously Cropping up there, but they're the top ones for the championship this year. And obviously Arma Harps beating Clan Iron, you know, you're you're always going to be favourites. But we just we're just looking forward to it. We're young, we're enthusiastic, we're just looking forward to being in a championship final and representing our club, representing our community. Um, but there's nothing better than to be in a championship semi final and sure anything can happen on the day. I mean, you're being quite modest there. I'm sure, like they're looking at you as their biggest threat, um, especially after all those goals and everything. And um, Caroline O'Hanlon had um a few goals on the same day, so you, you the two of you are in the news. Um, you know, as long as you keep, you know, putting the goals in and you know playing the way you've been playing, I I think that you know they really do have something to worry about. Um, that's not just me. There's a few others that they'll have to worry about if they just focus on me then. They know they're going wrong. Um, I suppose in the last game with the goals, I literally just had to put the ball in the net. It was worked out well from our teammates, um, and the ball was put into me. But as a forward, I think that's what you have to do. If you didn't score them, you'd be asked questions by people outside in the half backs. I know Louise Kenny would be asking questions if I miss some of them. Um, but yeah, that's just what we have to do. And if we keep doing that, I'm sure we'll be all right. But I know um, Armagh Harps are strong, they're solid defence. so. They'll probably have a few out in the back line. We played them in a league match and they sort of cramped the defense, our, our forward line. So it'll be it'll be an interesting matchup and we'll see where it goes. We'll put everything into it and we'll see where it takes us. And what about soccer now? Um, are you still playing for um, Sion? Are you still...? No, I'm, I'm going to take a step back from it this year. So I think there's no point in rushing back. It'll take my time. I'm, I'm happy enough where I'm at at this stage. So there's no point in getting too ahead of myself. I'll see... 
I'll leave this season, I'll see where I am next season, I'll rethink about it and I'll go from there. And what about uh, um, Northern Ireland, um, the, the soccer in, in that regard? Um, it's probably in the same, it's it's not what I'm thinking about to be honest right now, um, I'll maybe rethink about that when I'm back. I've more of my belt uh, under my belt, sorry. I'm a bit early now to be to be saying I'll be doing this, that, you know, I'll have to take my time and just think about everything and all the options. But I'd love to be back playing soccer and if it was another situation where I could play both then I probably would be still doing it, you know. But I think now I have to sit back and think I don't want to be out for another year from an injury, so I'll take my time. Yeah, I mean you're you're obviously you your family are huge sporting people. Where where does that where does that come from? I mean, what's a typical weekend in the Mackin family like? You know, a in terms of weekend. sport, yeah. Well, there last night we went to a junior championship match in the athletic grounds. Tomorrow we'll be going to the athletic grounds just to watch any match. So our boys are out of the championship with the club. So any game that's on, we sort of go to it, and we're always looking up fixtures. But it's the only thing that's on the TV, and it's the only thing we talk about, and it's the only thing we go to basically. So yeah, it stems from. My granny and my granda, they're all into it. They'll be down tonight as well. Um, my dad, he's big into it. Um, my mum has got into it from my dad. But she yeah. doesn't have a choice, or <laughs> no, she? she doesn't. She's actually from Louth, but we've converted her. She supports our man now completely. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'm from Dublin, and I feel like an honorary Armagh at this stage too. <laughs> we'll take us all, we'll take us all. Um, yeah, but it's literally the only thing that happens in our house. And over lockdown, that's what we were saying when... There's nothing in the newspaper. There's no matches to talk about. So you just wondered what people done without sport, and but that's it's just what keeps us going, and it, it's exciting. And what did you do without sport? I mean, yeah, for for everybody else, it was it was tough, but it must have been awful in your house, you know. Yeah, well, it was sort of weird, um, because in our house there's that much going on. You sort of bypass each other, but it was nice to actually have the time and sit down and have meals together. That's what we were saying. It was the little things that you forget about that. We would have just bypassed each other in the house. One would uh, how many one. How many of you are there in the house right now? In our house living? Yeah. There's six. There was seven at the start of lockdown. One moved out <laughs> in the middle of lockdown. Um, but yeah, no, so there's six of us. But there's just, we're all involved in the club teams and my two brothers on the county scene as well. So with the men, so it's just every night and you don't know who's going to be in the house or you don't know where everyone's going to be. So it's just mental. And what about yourself and Blahin? She's doing really well in her own right. And um, is there any sibling rivalry there? Or is it nice having her on the team with you? Is it nice that you work well together? And, you know, can you kind of read each other's minds and stuff like that? On the, on the, you often wonder that with siblings. Yeah, there actually is a wee bit of that. It's not, it's not actually reading your mind, but there's a wee bit of you're playing that long with each other. You know where she wants the ball. She'll know I'll not want the ball the first time, maybe the second time. So it sort of is. You sort of just know when you look at her. She knows where I really want this ball and she'll wait for me to curve my run or whatever. But no blinds flying and she's flying over lockdown and fair play to her. She's worked hard and now it's sort of starting to show in the county matches and she done well last year against Cork. She got part of the match. So she's flying and yeah, as you say, she's still only twenty one, so it'll be good to see her up there as well. And what about yourself now in, in terms of, you know, you were in university um, up in Jordanstown. What, what are, you, are you still there? Or? Yeah, well, I'm studying sports coaching. So, yeah, well, at the minute it's all up in the air. So um, Are they going back or what's the, yeah, you don't know yet? It's online, so whatever. Well, it's How does work. that work with sports? <laughs> it's every, I think every lecture is going to be online until maybe Christmas or whatever. So 
that's how it's going to work out. You just have to get on with it, don't you? Yeah. And yourself, what would you say now, um, looking back on, I mean, you've, for somebody so young, you've had such an incredible career um, and you get to travel the world and, you know, your sport has taken you loads of places. You've been to China, you've been, you know, how's, how has that been? I suppose when you're now, you don't really think too much about it. I think you realise what you get out of playing sport. Um, probably when I'm older, I'll appreciate a bit more. But yeah, as you say, all the experiences that you take with you, it's just, it's class. And that's why you play and that's why you want to train every night. And that's the things you get back from playing sport. You know, you put so much into it and get to get the wee perks that you get, like the trip to China and the all-star trips and all that and meeting so many people. Um, that's the the nice part of sport so what's next on the agenda then in you know are, you, are there any well there's no trips planned right now no. but uh. um i think all our focus just is on club football at the minute um i know the counties they're trying to get a, a setup sorted for maybe mid-october i think the fixtures are starting but at the minute all our focus is just on club football so we have a league game tonight and um, we'll get it over with us and then prepare for my harps if you could look back on on, on all of your um, achievements and everything what do you think would be your proudest moment is is there anything that stands out would be club county or um so there's so many i think that it's hard to pick one but probably getting to the all-ireland final with our club um, and being in parnell park and all the wee Dublin boys out selling green and white Shane O'Neill's flags, you know, it's something it's something that'll probably not happen for a while. Um and it doesn't come around too often. It's it's a game where we sort of regret it as well because we got beat, but I think that whole year was probably the best year of football in my life. Um one in the intermediate county, intermediate uh, Ulster and then getting to the All Ireland final. Like it's it was just just such a special journey and one will take with us forever. And what about Croke Park? Is that yeah, that's the aim, obviously. Um, it's hard to get playing there when you're playing ladies football. You have to reach an All-Ireland semi-final, so, and that's not an easy task. But obviously that's the aim for everyone to play. Um, it'll be tough, but that's where we all want to get to. And I think after last year, you know, it really drove us on to say we're one or two points off getting there. So it's something that we can really use to our advantage and try to push on from that. Are there any players or people that have like influenced you over the years in particular that you can think of that you know that have been influential in you you know in your game? Um, there's been there's been a few. I know we would always watch Darma ladies. Obviously, when we were growing up, they were getting to all Ireland finals and winning all Ireland finals. So you had the likes of Aileen Matthews. She was like coaching the primary schools. She would have coached me from when I was young. So the likes of her, she would I would always looked up to. Obviously, have. Caroline O'Hanlon, um, our neighbour down the road, she would have been she's obviously a big star in throughout Ireland. So, yeah, the likes of that 06 Armagh team, you had everyone we sort of looked up to, you know, we were just we just always followed them. And um, that year they got to the All-Ireland final, I think everyone on that team was sort of influencers to all the young ones at that age. So, yeah, it'd be the likes of them. Yeah, and there wasn't really a lot of ladies' f- football in Kamla when you were younger. And how did that come about? I mean, you, were you involved in starting up yeah, with football? Yeah, um, well, we played boys' football. So we played boys' football up until... You can play up until under 12s. So we played with the boys. And then I think the year before, the, I think our parents and all knew 
there had to be a decision made because there was a good crop of girls playing with the boys, but we knew there was no girls set up here. So obviously at the start you're thinking, do we have to go to another club or whatever? But um, then we formed a team and there was about six or seven of us girls in the local schools playing as well. So there was, there was a good crop of us and we knew that, well, obviously we didn't know at the time, but the men in the club knew the likes of Peter Lynch and our parents. It was time maybe to start a ladies team. So Peter Lynch, I think my mum, Louise Kenny's mum, and there's a few other parents that helped along, and that was from under 12. So if you look now at our senior team, I'd say there's a good, strong seven or eight girls that were still there from under 12s. So it's nice, like, it's sort of that family connection has always stayed with us, and it'll stay with this club forever. That's the way it sort of is. Yeah, because that definitely must be helpful because, yeah, if you've all grown up together, it's not like there's different people coming in and out all the time. So you know each other the way you, the way you play and you play like as, yeah. a, re- as a team. Yeah, that's definitely, I think, what's stood with us as well because um, it's been the same team from under-12s, under-14s, under-16s, minors and seniors. And we'd probably count ourselves sort of successful over them years. You know, we would have won county championships and we would have won, won minor Ulster. We won, obviously, junior and intermediate Ulster when we were playing seniors, but in them years we were still 14 or 15 playing senior football. So it was a good it was a good um, few years, um, and obviously we sort of want to get back to them days of winning silverware. And it's just enjoyable, you know, when you're playing with your friends, your family. As I say, you've been playing from under 12, so you know each other. You know how each other plays as well as anyone. So it's just nice. It's a nice sort of setting to have, you know, that... I wouldn't say too many other teams would have. I don't think they could look at their senior team now and say, we've played every age group together. So I think it's a nice, it's a, it's just special. Yeah. So you're looking forward to the game now next week? Yeah, definitely. Um, anytime you get to a championship semi-final, it's something to look forward to. We know the challenge ahead. We know we'll be underdogs. So um, we'll, just, we'll just go and we'll give it everything and see how we get on. Does the underdogs tag actually suit you? Some teams like being the underdogs. It kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Yeah, we don't mind it. Um, it's not ourselves that gives the underdog tag. It's, I think, probably media and everyone else in the county, you know, would be saying Armagh Harps would be the favourites. But, listen, we're, we're in our own wee bubble, so we'll just do do what we're told and do what we've been doing over the last few weeks, working hard, and we'll see where it gets us. Okay, thanks very much, Amy. No bother at all. On the soccer front, um, there was a sad start to the Mid-Ulster Football League, which got underway over the weekend with the terrible news of Richard Scott, the referee's um, sad passing in a terrible accident. A lot of the clubs had um, a minute's silence before their games. In terms of the soccer itself, um, Rectory Rangers held Ballymacash to a draw Rich Hill beat champions Banbridge Rangers 2-0. Uh, Market Hill Swifts had a terrific 4-3 win over Crewe, who were given the all-clear recently after a, a COVID scare. Tandergy had a 5-1 win over St Mary's. Oxford Sunnyside beat Bourneville Mill. And Lowerville Valley, under new manager Gary Miller, um, lost out to Valley Rangers. As I mentioned earlier, I spoke to um, Windmill Stars manager Ramey Fitzpatrick, in their last, after their last training session before the league got underway on Saturday, it was a wet and um, miserable night in Derry Beg. The former local Lurgan Celtic and Newry City striker was looking forward to the game at the weekend over uh, against Hanover. Hanover won that one 5-3. But let's hear what Ramey had to say um, about 
his new role and the expectations for his club in the season ahead. Well, Rainy, well. delighted to be back in action, even though it's a dirty old night here up in Derry Bag. Yeah, uh, it's nice. That's the last training session before the league starts. So it was nice, apart from the weather. Like, so just that stopped us doing a few wee things with the wind and the rain. But yeah, all happy and raring to go now for Saturday. Yeah, um, what's it been like? I mean, it feels like ages since you've been out. What's it been like in terms of training and, you know, getting the players back up and, you know, to fitness levels and stuff like that? Uh, it's been quite difficult on my part because it's my first time taking a manager's job and sort of with the lockdown and not knowing when start dates and all were happening, uh, ringing people. And trying to get new signings in, the, the, one of the first questions they would be asking, is there a start date yet? So you would be saying, no, nothing yet. And they'd be coming back yeah, with an answer of, so give me a ring in a month for six weeks' time when you have a start date. And then it probably ended up on me maybe losing out and getting two or three players in who I was looking at. But it's been hard that way. But the boys have all been trained the way there. Marty Jennings, the coach, he's been sort of, when you were allowed to do things in groups of five and six, the boys need to be fair to them. A lot of them bought into it and they've been trained away on their own in their own wee groups of five and six. And when we get back to fully pre-season, to be fair, they were all flying fit already. So they were, but yeah, it's been difficult, but we'll get through it. Yeah, I mean, Windmill are uh, always always have been known as a fit team anyway. So I don't think you'd take, they would take too much motivation to keep the lads, you know, keep the lads at it because they always have been very motivated. Yeah. But you've just come in this year now and yeah, what prompted that decision um, for for you to take over managing? Uh, it was sort of put on me a wee bit by surprise. It's always been in the back of my mind that I want to get into managing. It's always been with me, like. And when Damien Hillen, who was the manager two years ago, came to me to sign, it was something that I put forward to Damien that I was looking to get into doing my coaching badges and all, and it's something me and Damien talked about that Damien sort of said to me, Windmill would sort of look into helping me out with that. And then for unlucky circumstances for Damien, he had a few wee health issues and he couldn't really continue on with the management role, so he had to step down. And then with uh, Bip McCrink, Bip as well, then sort of, the wife had an odd child and it, the three we ones he sort of couldn't commit this year so it was sort of left the opportunity was there for it you the opportunity was there and causing the main Liam who sort of helps out too with coaching and helping out with things he's in along with Miller's last good few years like and he I actually taxed him just as a joke and he names in the hat for the job and he actually rang me and says your name's getting floated about a bit so I just says, I'm listening, I would be interested in it. And he says, would you? I says, yeah, I'd be interested in it. So it sort of just snowballed from there. Like. Yeah, because you're very young for a manager. I mean, especially with a big club like Windmill, because yeah. they're going places, I think. Yes, uh, 37. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it, but uh, yeah, very young, but I'm enjoying it. And yes, Windmill is, they're, they're a progressive club and a big club. Like they've probably one of the best youth setups in Northern Ireland and I would love to go somewhere with them myself and hopefully we can pro- progress like that I my ambitions is to go up my the my managerial career is to go up a higher level as well like so there's nothing stopping us doing it together as a club and a manager maybe going up through the leagues together and hopefully they have the same aspirations as myself that they want to maybe push on and move on 
And where were you before you came to Windmill? How long were you with Windmill for before you got into managing? The, uh, I've only played two years with Windmill. And before that, I was at Lurgan Celtic for 10 years. So, David, I played a wee stint at Newry as well. And wee stints at Lockall, like but like, uh, Lurgan Celtic would have probably been my club. Like the, I was with them 10 years. And I had a good connection with them. And I was sort of offered their wee managerial job there the last couple of years too. But it's a bit down the road and I've done my travelling hopping down the road there for 10 years like and, and uh, you know Windmill are back here now in Newry again um, mm. away from home park has that may, did it make a big difference in terms of having players travelling up there and now that they're because a lot of the players will be based around this area uh, me personally I never played at home park with Windmill but from the talk of the boys, it, it was it's a very it was a good change. They, they miss they obviously miss the setup of home park and the four G pitch and all, but the travelling up and down the road was was starting starting to affect a few of the boys and they're they're a lot happier playing in your e like but it, they're like he's not a bad wee pitch and well you've got it fixed up fairly well now you've got a fairly decent yeah. changing facilities there now it's not you know it's yeah it's not too it's, it's bad not, it's not home park but no. it's not um, yeah. it's not too bad yeah it's not too bad and from what we're hearing off our teams in our league a lot of them don't like coming to Darlaga which is a good thing in my eyes that's something you want you don't want a team coming and saying I love playing up there yeah. you know so you'd rather hear them saying they don't like playing there so in one way yes you'd obviously you want better facilities all the time and better pitches but it's it's not too bad, and to hear our team's not liking it, I like hearing that. So, yeah, that's always a good thing. Yeah. In terms of players that you have in now, um, you've signed a few new players, I believe. So, yeah. um, who have you got in? Uh, Noel McCoy, Snowy. Uh, He's a great player. Great player, great left foot on him. Now, I wouldn't have got to watch much of Kieran being league as last. 10 or so years but I was just going on word of mouth and well mm. I've watched plenty of it and yeah. yes he is a good player <laughs> yeah so uh, just word of mouth off my own my own players as well Lonnie Larkin actually plays for when Millie's been there his last couple of years Lonnie actually put me on the snowy and I actually didn't make contact with snowy for a wee while and he kept on at me and on at me about him and I got him signed and it, <laughs> I you Paul Donegan in Paul Donegan come in Paul is He's working two jobs and he's a wee bit he's children and he's just a wee bit behind at the minute. Like but he, he can't commit fully at the minute, but he's definitely on board and he's a good man. I've played with Paul myself. I played with him at Shane O'Leaves in the Gaelic and I played with him at uh, down at Newry and then at Lurgan Celtic. Paul was there too. Me and Paul would be friends, we'll go back a long way and even for his experience alone, just to even help the boys along and he's gonna come in and maybe help me out with a few coaching sessions and stuff like that. But uh, Brian Quinn got him from Cleary. Mark McAteer from Cleary. Cleary Celtic might be too happy. Yeah, Cleary me. Celtic might not be too happy. But yeah, they're, they're, yeah. They'll be. I tried a few alibis and all, but maybe listen. They can't really hold them back. They're going on the try and batter themselves. You know, it is. It's a. It's a good league. It's there's very good players in it. It's a high standard and. You can't really hold boys back. Like I've lost maybe two of my better players. You, you have to let them go on and maybe try and do things. If it doesn't work out. Well, who have you lost now? Well, I've lost Chrissy McMahon and I don't know, I might have lost Jordan King. I don't know yet. Oh, Jordan King, they'd be big losses yes, now. they're big losses. Jordan's on the verge of maybe going to Armagh City. But uh, listen, I, I've given him my best wishes if that's what he wants to do. I've been there myself and 
I told him I'd never hold him back, but I'll always, when will it always be here for him if it doesn't work out? And the same with Christopher. He says, Christopher lives in Banbridge now, so it sort of swayed him to go to Banbridge. They've been on chasing them the last couple of years. And I lost the two of them, but listen, the boys have gained me Quinny as well, then from Cleary, great ball player, Mark McAteer, great lad too, work harsh. And I can only see them boys getting better and improving when they're playing along with better players and they're playing at a better level. They've more time in the ball and... But I'm real happy with the squad. Of you've got the usual suspects still there. You've got John Joe. He's yeah. never, never gonna, never gonna leave. Never gonna leave. <laughs> he, he'll always be there, and he's the likes of boys him and Timmy Grants and Paul Donigan. So I need yeah. round me to take the boys on, you know. And then, like, ugh, the talent in our squad is endless. Like, and if they realise it, there's good things ahead for Windmill. Like, yeah. What are the hopes for this season? Um, now, last season. It, do you feel in any way hard done by? Because you you still had quite a few games left, yeah. didn't you? Um, to be fair, yes, we were sort of a wee bit. We were a wee bit still in in with a chance, but to be honest, I don't think we it was won. Sort it. of mathematically, yeah. um, unlikely. Yeah, unlikely. We won it. We just ta- we just tailed away near the end of the season. Things just sort of flatlined a wee bit on us, but we done well. We put good runs together, winning six, seven, eight games in a row and then maybe just taking the foot off the gas and that's what I'm trying to install in the base that we need to need to keep that level of consistency going of winning games. You know, it's a good habit and well, my ambition is obviously if if a team and the players of the ability I have up there are training hard and eight, there's no reason why we shouldn't be winning the league. Listen, it's a very strong league. You have Bally McCash, yeah, signed. they seem to be quite a threat this year. Yeah, they've signed a lot of players from Irish League. They're they're playing off a different field than what we're playing off. Yeah. <laughs> on money ways. So and then there's Cruz United, Bombridge Rangers. A lot of teams are they they've maybe a wee bit more power than what we have financially. Yeah. And we don't. But still you can look at it in our way. I have a bunch of boys up there to play for the love of football and they want to play football. They're not there to play for money. So that's the way I look at it. And they've all the talent in the world. Like, and if we, on our day, we'll be hard to beat. Like, I can promise you that. Like, if the boys turn up every week and buy into the training and what we're trying to do, we'll be hard to beat. Like. Yeah, and you have such a... Um, the windmill, you know, always pride themselves on their on their youth system. You really have... a You bring a lot of players through. Um, so are there any youngsters that are coming up through now that you can see that will be coming you know in the next yeah, couple of years I actually I actually played a wee 14 year old there Callum Bradley he'd be a cousin's son of mine there I actually put him on against Newcastle there last Saturday was that he, in a friendly <laughs> friendly and he actually done really well he came on the last 20 minutes and uh, beat a few of their players and near scored and near scored one or two two I think he near scored but he'd just be he's saying, somebody for the future, definitely. He's definitely, definitely someone for the future. If not with Windmill, he'll definitely go on to play at a higher level if he keeps his head at it and keeps it straight. But he, he'd just be saying this, if I pity he wasn't 16, I could play for Ramey's team. And, but then they have his older brother, Dean Bradley. Dean's, a good, Dean's only 17, like, and he's been coming on really well. Rory McCavitt, uh, Niall Fagan, Ryan Fern. All four, four young lads. Yeah, I've seen some of those lads play, and yeah. yes, they've they've got that little bit of speed, yeah. which gives a nice edge to the team as well. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to make them be in the listen. They're they're good enough now to play at this level and to play their main now. It's time that 
the crew up. Come to training with your chest pumped out, ready to take on the men, the John Joe Maguire's, the Timmy Grants, you know, the Molly Bagnell boys that want to tackle. What I've seen the last two years, I've been at Windmill, they're sort of coming in and they're getting into their shells too much at training, you know, so anytime they make them... You would have thought it would be the other way around and they'd be brimming with confidence because yeah. they're so young, but I yeah. suppose they're seeing these 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 boys that were yeah. their, the guys that were their heroes. Yeah. You and know, that, so they're yeah. maybe a bit intimidated at first. Yes, that's so. That's why I tried that nice wee chats with them all this year and told them that's what I want out of them. Like, and are you are you any way concerned? Um, you know, the developments in the last few days with the GAA maybe having to shut up shop again with outbreaks of COVID. Are you afraid that you know the season's starting up again and it might have to come to a halt, or is it just? It is what it is, or it is, is it just... Uh, well, I'm back with the boys eight weeks or seven or eight weeks doing pre-season, and then the boys, as I said, in the groups five and six before that, they were added four, five, six weeks, six, so it would be very disappointing if it was to be called off again or a shutdown came again, but in the same hand, I think maybe we're just going to have to learn to live with it by the looks of it, but safety first obviously like but hopefully not I'd be disappointed like got it like but because it's hard for me I can't wait to get going for my first game yeah I'd say yeah different sports and I'd say it's very frustrating like it's yeah. it's very easy to fall into lazy mentality sitting on the couch like it's that's a very in my opinion that's a very easy thing to fall into is laziness and getting it's and getting a bag that's of crisps definitely yeah, something that getting a bag of crisps something watching the snooker instead yeah. <laughs> a cup of tea and a packet of digestive biscuits later and they're gone like so it's a very easy thing to fall into and yeah because uh, it takes an awful long time to get fit but I don't understand the way fitness works because it takes a long time to get fit and then it can you can be unfit in about yeah. two weeks yeah. so I don't know, know how that works it's not really fair yeah. but well that's <laughs> it's, it's helping me it's actually I've been training the way there with the boys this last couple of months too and twigged my hamstring two weeks ago playing the Gaelic and I haven't done a thing in two weeks and now I'm starting to feel like I'm unfit. It's and mad, it, but it, you wouldn't feel fit after two weeks of yeah, training. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> so it's swings and roundabouts, but uh, I guess like, I can see where from our sports where it can be frustrating and all, especially team sports, it's been very tough on them, like and not knowing, not knowing what was happening here and there and then the likes of teams having to go back, the, the likes of what Bestbrook played there in the semi-final of the Junior Cup. Yeah. I don't know if that was fair or not playing it, you know, because teams didn't know if they were coming or going. They, you know, this, yeah. in my opinion, they should have been given a couple of games. To to get yeah, fit, match fit again. Match fit or anything, you know what I mean? But obviously they wanted it played. Like, but it's, it, what I, do you think about Bestbrook coming up, um, moving into Mid-Ulster? Yeah, I think it's a great move. I think it's nothing but positive. Like it's, yeah, they're another ambitious team. Yeah, yeah well, I played for them years ago. Before I went in Yuri and to be my hand and my heart, they missed their opportunity years ago. They Bestbrook could have been the windmill. They, they had the teams there, they had the players there, they push on and do it. And for reasons known to myself, it never happened, it never materialised. But I, um, my honest opinion, I think Mid-Ulster football is the way to go. Like, and it's not but positive. You'll draw better players, you play in better pitches, you have better referees. It's more organised, so I, th- I think yeah. it's not positively. Yeah, because definitely Nuri is just crying, and we all know Nuri's crying out for pitches and crying out yeah. for everything, and the Carnbane League seems to be, you know, the scene, it's, it's tough, it's, it's tough for them, it's tough not having any pitches yeah. around here, you know, and it's... It's, it's, it's sad to see it, it seems to be down, the Carnbane League, in my opinion, like they're losing a team or two every year, you can see maybe in 
like you don't want to see it ever happening like but if, if things keep going the way it's going you could end up in Oakyamer being league which would be a total sin for future yeah. generations of children coming through and not having a football league in your or something so I think there's something drastically needs to be done on the level of fields and the levels of, of coaching more like like windmill there's more an a club or two around like this year Newry's a big big town like big it's a city it's yeah. a big city and they have only one sort of windmill's the only ones doing it with youth you know yes there's a wee clubs doing it but not to the capacity of windmill like and it's there to be done like but and you look at the facilities in the clubs in Armagh as well. I mean, there's it's like night and day, isn't yeah. it? And the Middlesters, it yeah. really is like night yeah, and day. It's, uh, it's night and day, and you, you wonder why or what's went wrong along the way. Like that, Nuri seems to be getting left behind. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is, but it seems it's Miles behaving. Bestbrook will see it themselves when they go back to, and they'll be playing third division mid Ulster, but they'll, they'll see an improvement and everything straight away. Like. That's great. I'm sure you will do well and um, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. And Liam, thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Eye and the Ball. If so, subscribe to our podcast and to Arma Eye. If you've any suggestions about what you'd like to hear or any comments at all, feel free to send us a message or leave a comment. And I hope you'll join me next time for The Eye and the Ball. Black Hill Energy, heating homes across County Armagh. Fill up your tank for a rainy day with County Armagh's fastest growing fuel company. For latest prices, visit our website at www.blackhillenergy.net or call us today on 02838 344 223. Black Hill Energy, Ansborough Industrial Park, Lurgan.